Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Monday edition of the program. Wow, the difference a week and a half or so makes for this Indiana team. They are back in business, played a great game against Michigan State. They look like a completely different team than what they did at the end of the year, the start of the year with the Big Ten uh, resuming of Big Ten play. But this team has now won three big ones in a row. They have defeated a really good Wisconsin team at home. They went on the road and beat a uh, improving, and I think playing at at one point, I thought the best basketball of their season was Illinois, and Indiana had no trouble decking them. And then to come back at home, I don't know that there's a hotter team or was a hotter team in the Big Ten Conference right now than Michigan State. They uh, were not projected to be great. They have had uh, ups and downs in the non-conference portion of their schedule, but they really have had it rolling recently in Big Ten play. And Indiana uh, got off to a little bit of a slow start, but able to get things rolling, come back and win the game decisively. Uh, this just feels like a completely different Indiana team than what we saw, again, even eight, nine, ten days ago. And it's I know fans are excited, really unbelievable in some, uh, I think, some situations. And uh, we'll see what happens from here. It gets no easier in the Big Ten Conference, although a welcome game, I'm sure, with Minnesota is next. Uh, still lots of Big Ten challenges ahead, but... This team has really, really helped itself in the last week and a half or so as far as their NCAA tournament resume, as far as their standing in the Big Ten Conference, and just as far as kind of turning the season around. I'm not sure that I thought they were not going to get in the tournament, but there could have been signs that it was trending that way. Uh, And, of course, a lot of those, all of those, I I believe, have went away at least for now. But definitely the ups and downs of college basketball and of being a fan. I know it can be difficult at times to see Indiana play such bad basketball as what we saw in the early few days, early week or so of of the 2023 calendar. But uh, they have more than made up for it. And Trace Jackson Davis has been – Basically perfect. I mean, it's, and I saw somebody uh, tweet this or say this, but at this point, with how he is performing and the numbers he's putting up and how efficient he is and all that he's doing to help lead this team, where, where does he rank? Where is he going to rank when his career is finally done in Bloomington as far as all time on your list of important IU Hoosiers? I think he. Definitely is on the list, but even heading into this season, and I think he is climbing and climbing up that list right now. 
Uh, that's a hard discussion to have and a tough one because there have been so many great players over the years, and you got to go back a number of years to revisit some of what some of those guys did. But Trace is making a case, I think, for being one of the all-time great Hoosiers, especially if he can lead this team into some sort of uh, glory in the uh, postseason, maybe a Big Ten championship if they could put a string of games together like they've done these last three or maybe some success in the NCAA tournament beyond the first couple rounds. Uh, I think an Elite Eight trip, trip would be unbelievable for this team and this program, uh, but we'll see. There's uh, always that potential that as good as they've played recently, uh, they come back down to earth and we revisit some of the struggles from earlier in the season. But for now, I think there's a lot of reasons if you're an Indiana fan to be awful proud of this team. And again, Trace Jackson Davis, Jalen Hood Chafino, Jordan Geronimo appears to have turned a corner. There are other guys that are stepping up in ways that they haven't as well. And uh, I think that's good news. One of the things that I want to get into more of the show here in a second, but one of the things I do want to mention, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how Race Thompson fits in as he returns. Because with he and Xavier Johnson out and the way things were trending, whoever thought here as we got to the latter days of January that we'd be talking about this team winning three in a row and beating who they've beaten in the way that they've beaten them. Uh, but with Race back, and we got an email that uh, from, from the IU media folks a little bit before tip-off that he was going to warm up and potentially play in the Michigan State game, and he actually did. And um, uh, be interesting to see how he fits back in. And also, you know, there's lots of rumors out there. Xavier Johnson has been on Twitter occasionally, uh, kind of hinting maybe at a February return. So uh, there's a chance this team is back to full strength sooner rather than later. And I think there were a lot of concerns of that just a few weeks ago as, as far as what Johnson's health was and what the future for Race Thompson would look like this season. So uh, definitely uh, a changed Indiana team. We'll see if they can keep that momentum. And I tell you, a lot of a lot of good things going on in the conference right now. You know, Michigan State has been playing good until Indiana, you know, surprised them Sunday. Rutgers has been a success story for sure. Uh, and then, of course, Purdue. I mean, they won another close one over the weekend. They're in the conversation as the number one team in the country. And I know Indiana fans hate to hear that kind of stuff, but definitely uh, it's been a positive year overall for the Big Ten as far as being in some of the storylines of college basketball. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today. It's a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one here in just a moment, we'll get into some headlines. We'll review a few things from the game on Sunday, the IU win that is on Sunday. Sunday and a couple local notes. We'll recap some high school basketball thoughts that I have coming out of the weekend. Also, later today, Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star will join. We'll break down further yesterday's game and talk about this hot streak for the Hoosiers and the return of Race Thompson. And just there's so many things that you could uh, break down in a positive light about this team right now. We'll do that with Zach when he joins us. And then later in the show, we'll wrap up today with Chad Gilbert. He's the athletic director at Charlestown High School, a former coach in the area. He's on the IHSA executive board representing our area, and we always talk local headlines and a lot of high school basketball this time of year with Chad when he joins us here on Mondays coming out of the weekend. So we'll do that a little bit later today. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well. 
at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Thornton's text line is open. <clears throat> My reminder of that, that number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Uh, now, now's the time to si- sound off in a positive light about this team, and you can send your questions and comments about the Hoosiers or local sports or whatever you want, the Big Ten Conference, uh, anything. you IU football, if there's a Thought you might have on them, uh, 502-414-1450. It's how you can com- communicate. Excuse me, let me get that out. You can communicate with me during the show, and a lot of what you send in, I'll figure out how to get it on the air today. Right now at Thornton's, you can get a free sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit, a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant, or a steak and egg burrito, and any fountain drink, tea, or fizz freeze, or 20-ounce bottled soda when you become a new Refreshing Rewards member. Simply download the app and register for Refreshing Rewards to earn your free breakfast on Thornton's. Download that Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today. Let's get into some headlines for this Monday program. I think we've got to start back with IU basketball. A solid, solid game for so many different Hoosiers over the weekend. Trace Jackson Davis, 31 points, 10 of 20 from the field, 11 of 13 from the charity stripe. He had five offensive rebounds, 10 defensive rebounds, 15 total rebounds even managed to pitch out four assists and had one foul. Did have four turnovers, but Blocks had five of those and just an unbelievable stat line for him. Other than the four TOs, uh, just a, a remarkable day once again by Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, also, Trey Galloway, 17 points, along with Tamar Bates. Both of those guys had 17 points. Very good showings for uh, both of those guys. And how about this? Indiana does what they did against Michigan State. An 82-69 win over Michigan State. And Jordan hood or Jalen hood who's been so good for Indiana this season, had two points. He was one of seven from the field, a little bit of an off day from him. Uh, He was 0 of 3 from three-point range. But Indiana still able to capitalize on Jackson Davis and also uh, Galloway and Tamar Bates. And I I do want to say one more thing about Tamar Bates. There was a time a few weeks ago where he was inserted into the starting lineup, and I thought that might be the breakout opportunity for him. He had done a number of things, and you kind of had your hopes up for him. I I do think that he is a key to this team moving forward. I think that he is uh, somebody that when he can score it, when he's on, when he's distributing the basketball, uh, he can make Indiana better whether he's in the starting lineup or not. So it's good to see him, I think, maybe start to show shades of the player he was in high school, the highly coveted recruit uh, that committed to Texas and signed with Texas until there was a coaching change there. Uh, But I do think that he is a key to this team the remainder of the season. That may be an easy thing to say, but I think if Indiana can put something really special together and build upon where they're at right now, he will have to be a very big part of it. A couple things from the weekend. Uh, Again, Bates, really a big difference maker for this team. Uh, Good to see Indiana and their offense able to get it rolling after a slow start. Michigan State with an early lead. I think it reached double figures. Indiana able to battle back quickly. Got some momentum going in the home crowd behind them. So that was really good to see because Indiana has been known uh, to, quite honestly, get off to a bad start and lose their way and never recover. Uh, Indiana recovered quickly from their slow start on Sunday 
and then able to bounce back and uh, and get things rolling. But a really overall good uh, uh, team performance. That's not something that I think <clears throat> we've always seen from this Indiana team. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis normally leads the way. Jalen Hutchifino has been right there with him. Occasionally there's another player that steps up, but this felt like across the board that a number of guys contributed good minutes, good uh, stat lines, and uh, a real team victory. That's what it's going to take to, to knock off a Tom Izzo-led team that uh, is performing very well here in January, late January. And the Spartans have really been doing so here in recent games. couple thoughts on high school basketball coming out of the weekend. Uh, Silver Creek and New Albany was our game on Friday night. That's become a, a great rivalry. Two teams in the area that the last number of years have, man, went to Indianapolis, won state championships, had Indiana All-Stars, seen some of the great players come through their respective programs, and there have been long list, <clears throat> excuse me, of great guys that have been through both of those programs. Uh, it was not always a pretty game on Friday night. There were some ugly moments uh, both ways in that game. New Albany uh, had, you know, has a great record, but at times doesn't maybe play to the level that that record indicates. Silver Creek was coming into the game at 500. They had some players back from injuries. And I think this Silver Creek team, I wouldn't want to play them in the sectional because some of those guys have been part of or been in the program with all this success. They're going to be a hard out in that sectional. They've dominated that sectional. Yeah, they've been challenged in the 3A sectional locally, but I think that'll be interesting now as they get healthier and healthier as the season rolls along to see what Silver Creek is like, what their final record is like at the end of the season, and ultimately how they perform in the uh, sectional round of the tournament. But Silver Creek hangs on a 65-57 game. It was a good back-and-forth game. There were some great back-and-forth minutes in the uh, the first quarter and then later in the game as well. But definitely uh, for Silver Creek, uh, they able to they were able to get a, another big night out of Caden Oliver with 22 points, 13 from the fre- freshman shooter Kaysen Dagger, who found other ways to score when his three point shot wasn't falling. But very balanced effort from Silver Creek as they hang on to beat New Albany. New Albany had a huge 26 points from Justin Carter. Uh, he really was able to get to the rim and, and played well. One of the standout performances for New Albany on Friday night. But that version, that this year's edition of the Silver Creek-New Albany uh, contest belongs to the Dragons. Also over the weekend, Providence picked up another key win. They defeated Henryville, who's had a really good season so far. The Pioneers improved to 10-3. and Three on the season. Noah Lovin had 18 points. Casey Kalen trailed him with 16. Uh, that duo could be really dangerous the rest of the way this season. Providence, I mentioned 10 and 3. Henryville, though, with the loss, they're now 9 and 4 on the season. Uh, they have had a really good year. Leighton Walton led the team with 10 points and uh, some good things from Henryville. Problem for the Hornets, as good as their start has been and what they've ran their record out to. They've got the possibility of playing Providence and or Brownstown or both of them, depending on how the pairings and the results work out in the 2A sectional locally, and that is a tough deal. Providence is really good. Brownstown is really good, and I think we're all thinking ahead to a potential Brownstown-Providence rematch in the sectional. And the girls' sectional pairings were yesterday. Those came out. We'll run through some of those a little bit later in the program, but that just kind of gets things started. The girls' 
uh, get the tip off their postseason here in a few weeks. And from that point forward, we're on, I always call it, the downhill trod to the end of the regular season for the boys. The start of the tournament, of course, once the tournament begins, then you know that conference tournaments and college hoops are just around the corner. And as the high school boys tournament advances, the NCAA tournaments get underway and going to be a lot of fun. In addition to all the things we'll be tracking with local teams and IU and and Big Ten and so forth, don't forget the IU women. They continue to win and they continue to be a real force in the uh, women's side of the Big Ten conference. And so as we get to postseason for them, can this be the year that they take it further and run it out further than maybe what they ever have? They definitely are uh, lining up to have that type of tournament run, it, it sure seems. One other quick note before we go to break, uh, LeBron James's son, Bronny James, uh, told On3 Sports over the weekend that he is down to three schools that he is going to consider, and Ohio State, no surprise, uh, where his father is from, the state that he is from, one of those three schools that Bronny is considering, USC and Oregon, also the other two schools. I think USC is right down the road from Sierra Canyon High School, which is kind of the uh, prolific high school that uh, Bronny attends. A lot of their games are on television. They've had some great players on the roster in recent years. But uh, I, I think I don't I haven't followed it. I, I think he's a really good player, I, I guess, at the you know would be at the Big Ten level. I don't know what kind of NBA prospect ultimately that he will be, but uh, definitely interesting uh, to see uh, what would happen if he does come to Ohio State. I guess there's always a chance he goes the professional route and plays a year in the G League Ignite program or plays overseas to see what his NBA standing is the following year. But it would be interesting to see if uh, if Ohio State was able to land him. The fanfare and just some of the things that would go along with that, that is for sure. Thornton's text line is open, that number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star joins. We'll recap more about Indiana's Huge victory at home over Michigan State on Sunday. The streak that this team is on and uh, so many individual players to talk about as well. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Monday program. Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star with us. The Thornton's text line open, that number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450 if you want to sound off on the big IU win yesterday. And, Zach, trying to put this into words earlier today, it's just hard to believe where this Indiana team is today with three big wins, two of them at home against the solid Wisconsin and a surging Michigan State team. And the third, in the middle of those two games, came on the road this past week against a good Illinois team as well. I didn't see any of this coming a week, week and a half ago. No, I don't think anybody did. And I think, um, you know, uh, listen, I said 
a lot then, even after that Penn State game. And I know that that Penn State game, I know why it was dispiriting to folks, but you know, it was still only early mid-January. There's there's a long way to go. Um, and I've seen teams struggle and figure it out. And, and you know, I, I find myself now sort of saying the opposite of, you know, just as a three-game losing streak didn't mean the end of the season, a three-game win streak doesn't mean the season is, you know, sort of predestined to end in Houston and, uh, uh, in April. But I think that, that what's most encouraging sort of fundamentally for me anyway, around if I'm looking at these these games dispassionately around Indiana, is a lot of this feels very repeatable. You know, and Indiana's not winning these games because opponents are turning up with a bunch of injuries. Indiana's not winning these games because opponents are playing, you know, unusually poorly or because Indiana's hit 15 threes in each of them or anything like that. The, the formula here... Indiana just keeps kind of overlaying onto every game. Play well defensively, particularly kind of limit an opponent's uh, sort of secondary players, for lack of a better term. Um, obviously play through Trace Jackson Davis, but then fill in a lot of the, the, the gaps and the openings that he creates with his presence and his performance. And and just be the tougher team in key moments in second halves and like clock situations, things like that. This is, this is all stuff Indiana can repeat. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis star joining us to talk about Indiana's huge win on Sunday. I want to turn the attention for a moment to trace Jackson Davis. It's hard not to, he's played so well this season and seems to really be taking it up notch after notch after notch for Indiana. Um, I saw something earlier today that someone sent me. He currently, and this is all unofficial, I believe this to be true, but currently eighth in scoring with 1,898 points. He currently is fourth all-time rebounds at Indiana, 959 right now, and he's already tied in the uh, tied in the category of blocks right now. He's tied for first with 227. So uh, he's easily going to leave as the all-time blocks leader. He could finish first in rebounds if you run the numbers the rest of the way, and I think it's possible that he finishes maybe third in scoring. Uh, man, he is not only having a great year and stepping his game up again for this team, but he is going to finish as one of the all-time great Hoosiers. I believe we're witnessing a guy take it to another level and uh, see where he finishes things here at Indiana. You know, I, I, think, that's, I think that's all fair. and I mean, you, you reel those numbers out. We've been tracking those for a lot of the year. Um, you know, he's going to be the first Hoosier to reach 1,900 points since Yogi Ferrell. Um, you know, if he stays healthy in all likelihood, he's going to be the first Hoosier to reach 2,000 points since I believe A.J. Guyton in 2000. Um, you know, it, it, it is worth saying, and, and I think people are, are starting to uh, throw this around in the back of their minds. He does have an extra year of eligibility left. I don't know how the world would handle it if, Trace Jackson Davis set the Big Ten scoring record in five years rather than four years, but we'll we'll leave that to one side. I, I know he has talked about this, <coughs> excuse me, very much through um, the lens of it being his last year of college. NIL can complicate things. We could speculate for hours on exactly what he might do, but I think right here and right now, um, he's playing the best basketball I think I've ever seen an Indiana player play. And, and I've been on this beat for 15 years. 
Um, you know, obviously I wasn't around for the night days and, and that meant missing a, a lot of really good players, but I did see DJ White, Eric Gordon, Cody Zeller, Victor Oladipo, Yogi Ferrell. Um, you know, Trace Jackson Davis, this was a number I ran across yesterday, just thumbing through some things and it may not last the whole season. Um, but since the, since the big 10 restart, um, if you're looking for like basically just what he's done since, uh, since the, the turn of the year, talking about the Iowa game. So that's six games. In those six games, Trace Jackson Davis is averaging 24.3 points, 13.3 rebounds, 4.7 assists, and 3.7 blocks per game. If you look at Ken Palm's numbers, Ken Pomeroy breaks out players' individual numbers into a few categories, one of them being conference-only, performance conference games only. In conference games alone, Jackson Davis is um, first in defensive rebounding. He is first in block rate. He is, I think, either first or third in possessions used. But the number that jumps out most to me is he is fifth in assist rate, which is the, the percentage of baskets scored while he's on the floor that he assists. His assist rate in conference play right now, which, I mean, listen, you know, we're eight games in, that's that's. 40% of the conference season. This isn't a small sample size anymore. His assist rate in conference games is 28.6%. Yogi Ferrell's assist rate in conference games in the 2015-16 season, Ferrell's senior year, when he obviously led Indiana to a Big Ten title, was an All-American, had a, an outstanding season, was 27%. So actually, so Trace Jackson Davis right now is assisting a greater percentage of baskets while he's on the floor in Big Ten games than Indiana's point guard, Indiana's all-time assist leader, did in what was arguably his best season in an Indiana uniform. Um, the, the, the comprehensive nature of Jackson Davis's performance right now is just remarkable. And when you watch film and you go back and you watch what teams are trying to do to stop him, you know, there was, I mean, not least me, there are plenty of people who wondered why Brad Underwood wasn't doubling more often on Jackson Davis. But then if you go watch the Michigan State game, Michigan State didn't double, but they tried a lot. They tried to dig him a lot, and three, four, uh, I mean, at least three or four times they, they, they did dig him, and it resulted in an in, in Indiana three. So you're just in this place where because of the attention he absorbs because of what his teammates can do, because of just how good he is at using the whole floor uh, offensively, I just don't really know how you guard him right now. And, and that's, you know, it's, it's some pretty good coaches and some, some pretty fundamentally sound teams now that he has just kind of wiped off the map in the last two or three games. Um, like I said, I, I, I think right now he's playing better basketball than any Indiana player I've ever seen. Well, yeah, good stuff. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis star, joining us. Uh, man, you, we could talk with what Trace has done recently. We could talk about him for the whole segment. Uh, Tamar Bates, I thought, was really good yesterday as well. It's kind of been interesting in this three-game stretch. Tamar played extremely well yesterday, and Jordan Geronimo has shown some really bright moments as well. So it makes you wonder if Indiana can put all that together with Trace and Hood Shafino and others that have been very consistently good, uh, what this team really could be later this season. But your thoughts on Tamar Bates and maybe also a little on Jordan Geronimo. Are we seeing these guys 
figure it out, put it together, turn the corner? What do you project their roles could be as Indiana moves on in conference play? I mean, I think what we're, what we're seeing is, is Indiana as a team, given the time to adjust to some of the injuries, figuring out how to fill the gaps that Jackson Davis creates, also the gaps left by Ray Thompson and Xavier Johnson. And I understand there was sort of a, you know, well, why can't it just be next man up mentality when those guys got hurt? But the reality is it, it takes a little while if you suddenly take a guy who's less experienced, who's played a lot less, who's you know, not used to playing that many minutes in, in any single game and say, well, hey, now you got to go out there and not only do we need you to play more minutes, we need you to do more. We need you to score more points, pull in more rebounds, block more shots, hand up more assists, and do it all while fouling less uh, because we can't have you in foul trouble because we're, we're more shorthanded. It takes a little while to figure those things out, but I think if you look at, at these these three games in particular, and again, it, you know, it's a three-game sample size. If Indiana loses Wednesday night at Minnesota, we both know what the you know how how hard the sort of public narrative will turn in the opposite direction. But in these three games, it's 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 always kind of been somebody, and that sounds simplistic. But what I'm trying to say is the team has embraced how to get basically how to just just do what it takes, and and if it takes if what it takes is you know, Jordan Geronimo having a double-double next to Trace Jackson Davis in the game against Wisconsin where a lot of things were going to get sucked into the post and Wisconsin was going to grind out possessions, then great. If it, if it takes DeMar Bates hitting a bunch of threes um, because Michigan State is, is going to gamble on ball reversal and defensive rotations, um, and it should be said Trey Galloway too, Galloway had three threes, um, then, then fair enough, you know, if it's, if it's going to take – somebody else getting it downhill against a, a defense that's sort of out of kilter. Um, then in, in, I'm talking about Illinois, they'll do that. But it, it just – it is guys not sort of trying to do too much, but at the same time I think really understanding where the holes for their good performance are. And, you know, listen, that's got to sustain as, as film gets out and teams can, you know – and study Indiana. It's worth saying these last two teams Indiana's beaten. Um, play Indiana again later this season. Um, but on the other hand, Indiana appears to be getting healthier. Race Thompson played some limited minutes on Sunday. Um, you know, I, I, you don't want to read too much into it, but Xavier Johnson put that that sort of workout video out. I think Friday, either Friday or Saturday. That was actually like produced by. IU Athletics, I think it was the Cuban Center, it had the little tag at the end of it. That, without wanting to read too much into it, I've been on this beat long enough to uh, think I have a pretty good sense for the how this, the rhythm of that place. I don't think anybody would have sanctioned putting that video together if it weren't to try and sort of forecast maybe Johnson getting healthy in the weeks to come. Um, Indiana's in a good place. I, I think I think basically more than anything else, and I understand IU fans may still be a little bit wary, a little bit skeptical, still waiting a little bit for the other shoe to drop. Um, I'm not saying Indiana's not going to win another game, to be really, or not, not going to lose another game, to be really, really clear. <laughs> but I, I think Indiana is winning because they're playing well, not because of, you know, some sort of, not because of factors that are maybe not fully within their control or factors that are kind of outliers that are ultimately not going not gonna to stack up and hold up well as time goes on. 
um, I think Indiana is in a, in a good place right now. And it should be said at a time in their schedule, I mean, I, I'm rambling a bit here, um, as you know, I'm often fond of saying, but you know, they've got, they've got Minnesota now, then Ohio state on the weekend, then Maryland on the road, then Purdue and Rutgers at home. It gets a little bit harder the other side of that. Now there's not really an easy or a hard, you know, pronounced section of the big 10 schedule. The league is just so balanced right now. Um, but if you can kind of make hay while the sun's shining here, particularly in those home games, you set yourself up to be a lot more comfortable, you know, Valentine's Day and onward, um, as we talk about how this team finishes the season, where it fits in the Big Ten tournament discussion, and, of course, where it fits in the NCAA tournament. Great stuff. Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star. Our guest, Zach, just a really quick mention of the IU women. They continue to have a great season. Um, Admittedly, and I hear from fans occasionally, or listeners, I should say, occasionally, that probably don't give them the attention they deserve in this hour-long program every day, but uh, where are they stacking up as far as the postseason and bracketology? I know it's really early, but we're headed into February, so all that stuff's going to take center stage here soon. Is this an Indiana women's team competing for one of the top four slots in the tournament, potentially? I think it is. I mean, at this point it is, and, and in competing in a conference that will that will hold up a, a team like that, if you understand what I'm saying, that the, the Big Ten is, is strong enough that if Indiana or Ohio State or some other team, can, and they've got a big game against Ohio State this week, um, you know, if, if one of those teams can really sort of rise themselves above the, the, the rest in the Big Ten, the Big Ten can support a one seed, or, you know, it works like a two seed, and then you're still hosting through – the first weekend and all those different kinds of things. I mean, this is, um, this has been a, a, I don't want to say a remarkable season because I think Indiana, you know, Terry Moore's program has just shown this consistency for a few years now, but you would have looked at last year and, and what Indiana lost, you know, um, Allie Patberg, Alexa Goulbay, uh, Nicole Cardano Hillary, you would have looked at just a number of starters out the door and said, for a team that was very sort of reliant on the starting lineup, that feels like maybe a bit of regression. And there's been none. And it's been because McKenzie Holmes has been playing at a, a genuinely a player, national player of the year level. Like that's not an exaggeration. She's, she is firmly in that conversation. Grace Berger got hurt, but she was great before she got hurt. Indiana sustained while she was injured. She's back now. She's looking more and more like herself. You've got transfers making an impact. Sydney Parrish. Sarah Scalia, um, you've got uh, Chloe Moore McNeil, sort of, I guess, if you want to say one of the next sort of, you know, non-transfer players that, that was recruited out of high school and just developed up through the program, making an impact. Um, there is just kind of a, I guess, it's, I mean, for lack of a better term, there is a culture of winning there now that Indiana is, is proving it can rely on pretty steadily. And, um, I mean, this is a team that, I think at this point, not just because of the results, but how they've gotten them and, and how they've looked, it would be disappointing if at minimum they weren't one of the top four seeds uh, or one of the top 16, like on the top four seed line and therefore hosting games at Assembly Hall again come March. But I think they can dream even higher and bigger than that. Yeah, that could be a lot of fun to follow. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star. Zach, thank you so much. We'll do it next Monday. Absolutely. Thanks for having me.
All right. Uh, one other thing. I had a text here from Dave Chanley, former Silver Creek coach, a good friend, a great basketball guy in our area as well that continues to be involved in the Silver Creek community, and you can catch him on the PA at all the Silver Creek basketball games. But he sent me a, a reminder that uh, Steve Matheny, Clarksville Steve, as he is a affectionately known to so many people uh, in our area, coaches and fans, and he's the number one fan of the Generals, that's for sure. He is under the weather, we'll say right now, and uh, our thoughts and prayers to Steve and all of his friends and really the Clarksville community. He's had a rough go of it, and uh, he is a uh, real definition of a guy that helps make our area so special. You hear me mention some of these guys over the time, these big fans and supporters, and they come from all different walks of life, but Steve has been very uh, supportive and always there for Clarksville. And if you are a Clarksville person or you went to school there or you ever go to a game there and get to know who anybody is, you're going to know who Clarksville Steve is. So uh, missed seeing Steve. He's always around town uh, and always at the games. But uh, our thoughts and prayers to him, and we wish him a, a speedy recovery. That is the hope. That is the plan. But uh, he's one of the guys that makes uh, high school basketball and high school sports here in our area so very special. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, we'll go through the girls' sectional pairing, some of the local sectionals that came down from Indianapolis yesterday. A big weekend of high school basketball, Silver Creek, New Albany. Providence continues to roll, and Chad Gilbert will join me as we'll talk some of the top headlines around local sports. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Monday program. The Thornton's text line remains open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Girls tournament pairings out yesterday. We'll hit some of those coming up here in just a bit. But the Bedford North Lawrence sectional 15, Floyd Central will take on Silver Creek. Interesting to see Silver Creek, of course, bump up to the 4A tournament this year with the success factor in their total points. Bedford also against Jennings County and New Albany against Seymour. Jeff will take on the winner of BNL and Jennings County, and then the winners of that Floyd Silver Creek and New Albany Seymour games will play in the semifinal round. All right, uh, Chad Gilbert with me. Chad's the AD at Charlestown, IHSA executive board member, and he joins us each Monday here on the program. Chad, another busy weekend, some great games, some interesting scores, the girls' tournament pairings on Sunday, and I tell you what, a lot to bring out of this weekend. Matt, there was a whole lot going on at Charlestown. We were super busy with conference swimming, uh, girls' basketball homecoming, boys' basketball homecoming, and our boys' basketball team continues to get better week in, week out. Coach Matt Lynch has done a magnificent job with our young basketball squad and just a a pleasure to watch those guys develop and Coach Lynch the way he coaches the team. We uh our kids have done an excellent job. You know, and talking about 
uh, girls basketball week, we've got our girls who have won 10 in, uh, on the verge of winning 10 in a row here that we have an opportunity to make a nice run coming into the 3A sectional that we can talk about here in just a little bit. Let's look at that 3A sectional and those pairings here in just a moment. But that is a Salem against Madison, a first-round game, Charlestown against Corden, and then on Friday night, the bye game, Scottsburg will get the winner of game one, Salem and Madison, and then North Harrison gets the winner of Charlestown and Corden Central. Chad, I know you keep up with girls. You had a lot of success some years ago with the Jeffersonville girls winning a 4A state championship. Uh, any thoughts on a specific sectional or a specific team that could make a run? We don't have a Silver Creek who's been so dominant in girls basketball from our area the last number of years that I think is almost in some ways a shoe-in to get to Indianapolis, but be interesting to see if we can get somebody that can make some noise on the girls' side. Matt, let's go back just a little bit. After we talk about the 3A, let's go back to the 4A and talk about how Silver Creek moved up to 4A, but first let's talk about the 3A. Uh, you know, it's always good to play that Tuesday, and in our situation here, we generally have a seven-team sectional in our 3A tournament. And as we've talked about earlier, Silver Creek went back-to-back to, back to the state championship games, and they will advance on to um, the 4A sectional. Again, we'll talk about that in just a second. So that gives a, a traditional sectional here at Corden where we have two games on Tuesday, two games on Friday, one game on Saturday. Pirates, uh, Drew Corden, who is – overwhelming favorite to win this sectional. They're sitting right now at 20-2. and two. They're hosting the sectional. Uh, but like I said, we're playing our best basketball of the year right now. We're hoping that we can get a big crowd to go up there. We're taking a fan bus to come up. Uh, we're just hoping we can get a big turnout, a big crowd, and it's something that we talked about Corden being the, sec- the sectional favorite. Scottsburg is setting the bye game on the upper bracket. Well, they will. Uh, Scottsburg will be in the in the sectional final, and it'll be whoever depends comes out on the bottom will be an excellent battle all the way through. So, pretty pretty good three A sectional for us to get into this week or next week. Excuse me. And in four A, Chad, you wanted to talk about that. Uh, unfortunately, Bedford North Lawrence, who who has been the dominant 4A team locally, they get the opportunity to host as well. So it just works out that way. But Bedford, the big favorite. Uh, curious, curious, your thoughts on the 4A deal at BNL? Um, well, Matt, on the 4A, well, that's athletic director Jeff Callahan. He's thinking, man, that's the worst draw we can get because. That's going to be the least amount of crowd. Jennings County and Bedford are the two favorites going in, and they're, they're tangling right from the start. Those are going to be the ones who bring the biggest crowd. So one of those teams is going to have to lose. However, in the following that Bedford has gotten over the last 10 years, and rightfully so with their state championships and the success they've had over the 10 years, Bedford will still bring a huge crowd at home. Uh, Silver Creek comes in the bottom. You know, they've moved up to 4A. Matt, Silver Creek's going to the sectional championship without question. Silver Creek will be in the sectional championship at Bedford North Lawrence. And who they play against, who knows? I could see Bedford Jeans County. And you've got Jeff sitting up there who plays extremely hard that could catch one of those guys you know, on, a, on an off night coming off that Tuesday night game where they get up and down. So that sectional will be interesting for a lot of different reasons. And, and 
that's what that's what makes basketball fun is there's a lot of different variables that come into those sectionals. Yeah, no question about it. Chad Gilbert, my guest. Chad's the AD at Charlestown, IHSA executive board member. Let's flip to boys basketball as we conclude our conversation. Silver Creek, New Albany, a good one on Friday. I, you and I have spent a lot of time as well talking about Providence and the success that they've had. And You know, I love Seymour in March. I know that you do as well uh, from your time there at Jeffersonville and the success you had even on the boys' side. But I am really excited about the potential for a Providence-Brownstown rematch with hopefully everybody healthy in the postseason. And as my mind kind of drifts away to March and March Madness and college hoops and high school hoops, that's the big one that kind of that, that I maybe slip away to first. Matt, and, and that will be an outstanding matchup at some point. And you got, but you got to remember, there's other teams up there. Southwestern is hosting. I saw Southwestern's only lost two games. Uh, Clarksville can get hot on a given night and catch you on a, a given night. So there's a lot of different variables that go into play in that one. But the Browns, I don't see Coach Benner overlooking anyone, and I don't see Coach Miller looking over anyone. That will be a great matchup come March. Unfortunately, we are hosting it. Well, I should say fortunately, we are hosting at Charlestown, the 3A boys sectional. So I will not be able to check that game out. However, there will be a lot of people throughout the state with eyes on that game. Yeah, absolutely. Chad, uh, you know, we spent a lot of time here today talking about Indiana, their three-game surge, and uh, you've been around the game for a long time. You played, you coached, you uh, had some special moments around basketball. Trace Jackson Davis, what he's doing at Indiana as he moves up the scoring list, the rebounding list, though he's already the leader, tied for the lead of all-time blocks in an IU uniform. Uh, I had this conversation with Zach in the last segment, but He's going to finish as one of the all-time great Hoosiers. It's just a matter of what his future looks like, and it's a matter of how high up that list in fans' minds that he finishes. No question. He's, he's one of the best players that ever played Indiana. But that should not catch anybody off guard. He was a McDonald's All-American. Matt, think about the Romeo days. We saw him play when he was younger at Seymour, when Center Grove was in the regional up there. I can remember him playing Evansville North and just absolutely ripping the rim off, probably, you know, seven, eight dunks as a junior in high school. And you could tell he was going to be special then, but what he's putting together at IU is quite the resume. And IU's run, you know, they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. You know, in college, if you can win all your games at home – and half on the road, you're going to contend for a championship. And IU's taking care of their business. So hopefully they can continue that streak, continue to play well. And like we've talked about before, it, it makes it so much more fun around here when our local teams do better, do well. It doesn't matter if it's Kentucky, Indiana, Louisville, Purdue, whoever. When you have local teams playing at the very best, it makes March so much more fun. Yeah, no question about it. Chad Gilbert, Charlestown, AD. My guest, other thoughts? I know uh, you know we talk a lot of IU and Big Ten here on this show. You and I primarily talk high school basketball, but it has been an odd year locally because all the banner about Louisville has gone away. They have uh, really, really been struggling, and I don't think there's any prayer at this point for them to make the tournament. It's a matter of can they get anything positive going so uh, the new coach there can begin to build for the future. On the flip side of that, Kentucky had some very, very low moments, kind of at the same time Indiana was sliding, and then all of a sudden Kentucky has won some big games recently as well. So this area is always so good, and the fans always banner back and forth, but uh, some of that's a little quieter this year maybe than normal. I wouldn't shut the door on that. I think uh, Coach Kenny Payne will get the Louisville Cardinals back to where they need to be really, really quick. 
and then it'll just continue that banner. It's good to see I Kentucky turn that corner a little bit. It's hard to coach. You know, people talk about being a player, coaching in high school, how hard it is. It's hard to coach. You've got to figure out your pieces. You've got to figure out your egos. You've got to put it together and, and figure out what you can do to put your best team on the court, and that's not always easy to do. Absolutely. Chad Gilbert, he joins me Mondays. We talk local sports. Chad, thanks for the chat today. Matt, I appreciate it. Uh, I want to echo what uh, Coach Chanley said about Steve. You know, if anybody can get a, a shout to him, I'm sure he'd appreciate it, raise his spirit. And then uh, Saturday we played Corden. Little Joe Hinton was coaching us that line. Big Joe Hinton was on the bench. It's always great to see an Indiana legend like Joe Hinton in the games. You know, us in Southern Indiana, we've been very spoiled with all the people that we've had come through here with basketball. I hope our fans really take time to appreciate that. No question about it. Well said. That's going to wrap things up for this Monday edition of the program. We will be back with you Tuesday at 11 a.m. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Uh, Some high school games coming up later in the week this weekend as well. And, of course, we've got Indiana and Minnesota coming up here also. That's going to wrap things up. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Mm -hmm.